Hello and welcome to the Endurance Limits podcast. This episode is brought to you from Mexico, where the team are currently staying as they conduct meetings with some companies close to the project, meet with sponsors, as well as participate in a training course that we weren't able to complete in the UK due to COVID restrictions. The team will soon be moving up to the US to collect the boat and finalise the preparation stage before pushing off on the 2,700 mile voyage. Just on the note of sponsors, we have to give a massive thank you to Essential PLC for being the main sponsor of this podcast. Essential provide key information to businesses so that they can optimise their digital commerce, maximise their marketing impact and create the right products. As well as acting as a lifeline for their customers, they have acted as a lifeline to the project and to the team. We here at Endurance Limits are proud and chuffed to be supported by Essential and we thank them for their ongoing support. Now this podcast took place after dinner and serves to provide an update on the project, including what's been happening and some of the problems the team have had to resolve in the build up to leaving the UK. In addition to the update, we also continue the Getting to Know You series as the team interviews a surprise guest. I won't say much more than that at this point, but I hope you thoroughly enjoy listening to the next hours long conversation. Awesome. No beds. Okay, right, so just by means of painting a little picture, um, we've got the four of us, the whole team together, sat here now. Stop clicking your pen. Oh, sorry, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Degree of professionalism required, eh? Exactly. <laughs> oh, now he wants to be professional. <laughs> yeah, so you've got the four of us, the team, sat around the table. Um, we're in Cancun at the moment. We're sat about 100 metres from the sea on a little terrace just having a drink and we thought it would be a good idea to give everyone an update on the project and what's been going on. So um, basically by means of that I'm going to start with Aaron because I know he's the chatty one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, obviously people listening to this that have had you know, some of the um, getting to know you podcasts and stuff but not uh, anything about the project itself. So. Um, do you want to just talk us through where we are, the boat, where the boat is, how it got there, etc., uh, etc., et and maybe a bit of a timeline? Well, the uh, boat left uh, Southampton docks courtesy of uh, Transglobal about six weeks ago. Um, safely arrived in uh, Port Unim. Unimi. Unimi, yeah. And uh, it's been transported to a warehouse for storage in Compton, in LA. So we're waiting uh, for the nod to go collect it from there at some point. Um, yeah, so the boat's, the boat's basically here and ready for us to collect. We're in Cancun and we've got to wait for uh, 14 days before we can get to America ourselves. Uh, we've had a bit of a, well, I'll say a bit of a dilemma. We've had a huge dilemma um, since, since then. Uh, we've lost a team member, which is, uh, uh, been quite impactive on our plans and the project itself. Uh, Darren Baker, uh, he's not had a podcast yet. Um, and he never will now. Never will, no. No, it was a big loss to the team. So uh, we've had to deal with that the last few weeks, probably why we've been a little bit quiet on social media and uh, Twitter and our various uh, accounts, because uh, we've been working very hard to uh, try and uh, deal with the impact of that on the team and uh, what we're going to do about it. Yeah, it's been a bit of a disaster. Um, 
Darren obviously has been involved in the project right from the very beginning. Um, and you know, he's a good friend of ours. Um, and he's someone that we've done loads of events in the past with. We've, um, we was there with him in Brazil in 2009 in the jungle. Um, we ran in 2013 in Peru yeah. or <coughs> with him. Um, and he's a, you know, he's a great guy and he's a good friend. And the way it's panned out is no more than two weeks ago. Um, we had one of our weekly um, calls where the, all the team catch up and talk through the project and what needs to be done and basically what Simon hasn't done. Um, <laughs> and, um, and Darren opened that call by saying that he had a, a hernia problem um, and that it was casting massive doubt on his ability to, um, to actually leave with a team and take part in a row. Um, sort of stumped us all a little bit on the call, didn't it? Yeah, it was a massive shock, you know, and uh, we chose we chose Darren because we know he, we know he can be very, um, you know, calculating and um, stubborn, as we we found out in the jungle in 2013. He turned up with uh, Achilles injury and uh, unlikely to uh, even start the race. Um, he actually finished the race in a very strong position. Yeah. So it shows a lot about his character. Um, so immediately when he said, oh, you know, I'm injured or I can't do it, I was like, really, Baker? Are you just like, you know, being a big, big girl about it again, are you? You'll be fine. Yeah. And he was like, no, no, mate, seriously, like, I've got an issue and I've tried to resolve it. And he, he'd gone to, you know, gone to extra lengths to try to get it fixed and seen a specialist and, you know, got it scanned. And uh, I think in the cold light of day, he sort of just came to that decision that he couldn't, Risk the project. Yeah, I mean, in fairness to Daz, look, he's obviously sat down and, and gone over the depth of his injury and said that he might be all right potentially by the time we actually push off, but he wasn't prepared to risk the entire project and the way you put it was all of, all of your dreams to try and fulfil mine. And that says a lot about the man. He's, you know, he's an amazing guy and. Um, but in, in, in many ways, I guess he's, he was right in that respect, that there was a big risk, a big risk. Excuse me, guys. Ah, thank you. Coffees. Coffees have arrived. Three lattes and one espresso. Thank you very much, man. You want any sugar? No, 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 thank you. Yeah, so um, he was probably right. It was a really, really horrible, horrible time for uh, the whole team because, you know, we, we were desperately wanted Daz to be there. Um, and then there's this whole balancing act of how far do we push it, how much time do we let go before we resolve the issue. Um, but Darren resolved it for us effectively uh, as a team. He just said, I'm going to give it a week and I'm going to review it next weekend. And then when he did review it, he said, I'm still uncomfortable. I'm still struggling, I'm still in pain. It's not going to work. There's not enough time to recover. and. He said, I desperately want you guys to get across. So he pulled out um, and we had to find a replacement. Now, we had a number five um, that was always our number five, um, a guy called Matt Knight, who again is a good friend, someone that we've run with before um, and been involved in projects with before. Um, when I phoned Matt 
to have the discussion with him. Obviously, it's mega last minute, two weeks until we leave. Um, Matt had bought into a company three hours, signed the contracts three hours before I phoned him. So it was a bit of a, um, a bit of a nightmare again. I had a big long conversation with him, and he, um, you know, he effectively said, "Look, you know, because of the way this is, and I, I told him that." we should be all right because we were so close on top of it and so he's gone ahead and done other things and it left us with a situation where I put the phone down to Matt and was basically pulling my hair out the entire project was on the line um, so I had to find someone to fill Darren's shoes that's willing to row an ocean that is willing to just put their entire life on hold for three months, that's physically fit enough, and that can get through the required courses in two weeks. And there's quite a few tumbleweeds going across this, at this point. Yeah, <laughs> that is a really, really small group of people, man. <laughs> like a really small group of people. And um, so I turned to a guy called Josh Tills, who is someone that I know, um, who is a PT by trade, so basically spends half of his life in a gym. Um, had a conversation with Josh um, about the project as a whole and about what it would mean to try and be involved in that project in terms of the time scale of trying to get through those courses. Um, and thankfully for us and for the charities, uh, Josh was willing to ditch his life to come over an ocean. <laughs> so, Josh, how you doing? I'm okay, thank you, yeah. Um, feeling good, thanks for the introduction, the context around a project and why I'm sitting across from you guys. Feels very much like my kind of interview into the project. <laughs> late for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got the job, but we're going to now interview you. Yeah, this yeah, is how no. this is going to work. <laughs> so, um, Mate, Josh, do you just want to basically speak a little bit about yourself, about your background, what you do? Um, tell us everything. Yeah, so um, as you said, I'm a PT by trade. So um, quite correct in saying that I spend half my life in a gym, uh, training clients and um, trying to keep myself fairly fit as well as a, as a role model and an example to the people that I coach um, and train. Um, in terms of what they aspire to be like and in terms of training with someone that hopefully um, can see them doing that themselves in sort of setting goals and looking to achieve something which hopefully they see as aspirational and almost slightly out of reach but then with the correct coaching and training they see that we can get there and that it is in reach. Josh, um, ju I just got to let you know that this, you're not this isn't a sales pitch for be conditioned coaching. Oh, he's <laughs> <laughs> turning this into a, like a, yeah, a, a yeah, way yeah. of building my business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, here's my email and phone number. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> special introductory <laughs> offers. <laughs> you mentioned endurance limits. <laughs> Intercode endurance limits at the checkout. <laughs> um, no, so quite correct in saying that that's what I do. Um, and that I think gave me a good foundation and a good base to be physically fit enough um, to jump into the project. Um, but I felt as though the, the physicality was only quite 
I mean, I'm not going to say quite a small part, it is a massive part of what we're doing, but there's equally such an equal component to it that is mental um, and even emotional um, that's going to go into what we're attempting to do. Um, and that's where I feel as though I had the base and the foundation from my work and previous years of keeping fit and um, a few ultra endurance events that I've done in the past that I'm sure we'll get onto. Um, but yeah, equally just, just the mental side and trying to be that person who can push through his own endurance limits in a corny kind of way of mentioning the project name. Mate, yeah, absolutely. What, what we're hoping with this is to try and, try and give people like a picture of, of you, basically. Yeah. Um, so tell, tell us about you. Like people, people that are listening to this are going to go, right, I know what you're doing is difficult and obviously you're a PT, you're a reasonably fit guy, but how, do, how does someone just two weeks before a team are leaving to go and row an ocean just go, how are you even in a position to just go, do you know what? Who even does that? Yeah. Mm. Um, in truth, mate, I think. So, go on. I think it's the way that I've been able to do that is with a lot of support. Um, having the right people around me um, who have been willing enough to. I mean, there's myself being willing, as you said, <laughs> to put my life on pause for three months. But then there's equally. Focus, please. <laughs> 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 I can't even see. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, you said in terms of someone who's willing to put their life on pause, but then equally, and I've been able to do that, and I've been in a, sort of in a position where I can do that, but then there's equally the people that are around me who are equally supporting me to an extent that they're putting part of their life on pause to enable me to go and do that. And who's that? Um, that includes my amazing girlfriend, Anna, um, at home. Um, my parents, all of my clients as well, who I've been training, who have said, we understand that you want to do this and that it's a once in a lifetime opportunity and that we want to see you do something amazing as well as you want to see us do something amazing. So go and we'll be fine for the next three months and don't worry about us and kind of bring back a world record pretty much. Excellent. How'd the conversation with Anna go? Um, it... Because <laughs> like, Having had this conversation with Karen, for me, about oh, I'm going to go and row an ocean or I'm going to go and run through a jungle or whatever, like, that's something that I plan <laughs> <laughs> for weeks, sometimes it's months in advance. I'm fairly used to you coming up with idiotic ideas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been a buffoon for a very long period yeah. of time. But mm. that conversation is something that is like, months in advance, I'm kind of like, oh shit. <laughs> How on earth am I going to manage this? <laughs> so, like, the kind of preparation of buckling yeah. her up for oh, weeks man. before. Flowers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped going out, coming home late, drunk and stuff, you know. <laughs> and so, how do you, how do you just, or, or how did you, you go about with, with no time, no preparation, you know, just literally walk in and have a conversation? Um, really funnily, so. We've been close to the project for the entirety of the project. Yeah. I mean, we had a conversation 
Um, years ago. In like, yeah, I mean, two years ago maybe, mm. where you mentioned that this was something that you wanted to do. At the time, I was leaving an employed role in a gym to a self-employed role at the gym. Um, and I didn't think it would be something that I'd be able to commit to. So I said no. Um, obviously the past year and a half that has been coronavirus and lockdowns meant that that took a massive hit. And we've stayed close to the project and the optics of the project and in terms of what's been going on and what's been happening. So the whole time through this year and a half, I've been very regretful that I hadn't have said yes, because I've had the most time that I've had in my life where I could have just been training and fully invested into the task um, and then sh so she's seen me have those feelings and have those emotions of I wish I'd have said yes when the project was kind of in its beginning stages yeah. um, and so when the opportunity came I was still very much well the gyms are just about to open we're about to come out of this second lockdown what do I do and Anna was there saying you have to do this this is once in a lifetime. Um, this is a chance to do something amazing that you'll never forget um, and you'll make connections that you'll carry through for the rest of your life. You'll, you'll find out so much about yourself. You just have to go and do this. And is she still got that attitude? <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks later, now you're saying Cancun and she's in rainy lecture. <laughs> There's definitely, uh, I think she thought that, she, that, that the trip would be included for her as well. <laughs> She's like, you've got to do it, free trip to Cancun, let me go. <laughs> so how, how does she feel about it now? She's still very supportive. Um, obviously being across the world, she misses me, I miss her, of course, especially because I, I, I well, don't I love the way you like, chuck that in. Yeah. Look, I, Nice I'm touch, a, though, isn't it? It's a lovely touch. Yeah. And the sentiment. I, I, I miss. Oh yeah, is the voice good? Yeah. <laughs> Hold back the tears, lads. It's fine. It's fine. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, I think everyone can agree that that no matter how much time you have to prepare for something like this, still saying a goodbye and those kind of things never comes easy. Um, so yeah, I mean, like it's it's difficult to say right, see you later, or see you in three months on the other side of the world. Hopefully, having achieved something incredible. Um, but she's still very supportive, and I, I honestly couldn't ask for any more support from her, to be honest. Yeah, it's amazing, mate. It's it's it's, it's a bit mind-boggling, really. There's there's very few women in the world that are prepared to just let their other halves just sod off for you know two and a half months mm. um and and crash around in the ocean so um to do it with no notice is, is amazing really mm. um so that's anna that's your conversation with her yeah yeah <laughs> Mate, i would love to have been there for that <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm darling. just want to go away for three months <laughs> so Let's rewind a bit yeah. and talk about you. Yep. So, where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up originally, uh, was born in Enfield Chase Hospital, where I like, grew up around like, Freezewater Enfield Way. Um, was so anyone checked in for knives before we carry on? <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, so like kind of very close to Enfield and Walking Cross and those kind of areas. Um, and then we moved out to Goffs Oak. Um, so, yeah, so just kind of Cuffley, Chesnut Way. Um, a little bit further up the A10. Pretty much North London. Yeah, pretty much yes. North London. I mean, stones throw away from the M25. Um, so, and then, yeah, and then 
lived there ever since um, and I've kind of gradually moved kind of further out into working uh, in Hatfield and Welling and um, even kind of like Hitchin area as well. Awesome. And when you're growing up, you go to what school? Uh, I went to St George's Primary School um, and then secondary school was St Mary's Church of England School in Chesham. He's doing it again, isn't he? He's doing it. Like, he, he had a moment there where he thought I was a security guard at the airport, yeah, did. didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and I've got these Cub Scout badges. <laughs> <laughs> It was Darren. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you went to um, local, basically, basically a local yeah, school. Yeah, local kind of Church of England schools. My mum worked at the primary school that I went to. Immediate um, family, you got lived lived with mum, mum, dad, and brother. Mum, dad, and brother. Yep. How old's your brother? My brother is two and a bit years older than me. Right. So yeah, you're little brother. I'm little brother. Yeah. So I'm baby I think that's why he's comfortable. Being bullied by us three. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> he's growing up with a big brother. Yeah. Um, of course, mum. We actually said how old Josh is in all of this. We haven't, have we? No. Which, given how old you are, <laughs> it's quite significant. That's, that's, that's harsh. <laughs> it's particularly harsh as you're the same age as me. I'm not. I'm not. You are the senior person of the crew. Am I? You are. By how many months? Doesn't matter, you're 45. <laughs> I'm 44. <laughs> okay, yeah. She? So I'm 26 years old. Um, He's a bless, baby. Bless him. <laughs> oh, 26. So a good kind of, yeah, what, 19 so what years difference? Have, what I should have basically started with is, you know, when you went to ask your mum for the letter of permission to come with us, <laughs> oh, God. how did that oh, happen? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's a good, it's a good one. Let's, let's, let's discuss. Um, I've got to be careful how I phrase this. Let's, um, let's discuss your family and your mum. Yep. Good old mum. <laughs> like, get those smiles off your faces when you talk about my lovely mother. She is a saint. How is your mum? <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna listen to this, you motherfuckers. <laughs> can't swear on a podcast. Yeah. Oh, oh, show. <laughs> um, how old is man? <laughs> Keep it together, guys. <laughs> This is indicative of the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Not talking about Josh's mum, I mean the other bit. Um, <laughs> so, how, like, I know from speaking to you, yep. um, and obviously meeting your lovely mum, yep. that she. she, she <laughs> you can't just say from meeting your lovely mum. <laughs> she is lovely. Simon's done. Simon's officially checked out. <laughs> that comment. <laughs> we need a pause. Sorry, sorry. I'm professional. I'm professional. This I apologize. all going down to, <laughs> to Josh's mum. I apologise for my immaturity. Yeah. So, yeah, Josh. Obviously, your family had some concerns. That's what they I'm had some to concerns. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Talk to us about that. Um, I think they had concerns about me going away with you three. To be <laughs> <laughs> very wise people. <laughs> um, no, they. Um, they all had concerns regarding 
safety and risk involved in going and spending six weeks. In a room with Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> they did ask for his DPS, to be fair. The greatest danger, my friends. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that that is a risk you can meet again. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they had some concerns about, mate, let's, yeah, let's be honest, you, we're, we're rowing an ocean. Yeah. You know, we're going across the Pacific in a rowing boat. Yeah. And essentially what we're saying is they were frightened that you were going to either get lost at sea yep. or die in some terrible accident or whatever. Yeah, and massively. How, how have you managed that for the two weeks? Um, because, like... When I say they had concerns, they were really stressed out about it, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, massively. Um, they all kind of handled it differently. Um, my mum was probably the one who showed the most concern in tears and, and just struggling emotionally with um, sleepless nights and kind of waking up in the middle of the night, worrying about what's going to happen over the next kind of three months or so. Um, so that was, I'd say, the hardest one to manage in terms of um, more so because I only had two weeks to get to this point and there was so much to do yeah. that, that, that the, the kind of emotional hardship that came with seeing my mum go through that stress really put almost like an element of doubt into, well, yeah, I'm, sort of, I'm going to put myself through this amount of physical strain and mental strain over the next three and a half months. But I know that if I'm only getting a maximum of an hour and a half, two hours sleep on that boat, then over the next three months, my mum's probably only getting a maximum of an hour and a half to yeah. two hours sleep a night because she's probably going to be waking up. So that kind of, like, there was an element of selfishness going into this project. And whereas other things I've done in the past, it's, it's, it's you and, and you can always pull out and go, sort of go again next year, enter the race again next year or whatever it is you want to do. Something like this is, is very different. There's, there's a team focus on it. We're all kind of equally involved um, in the success of the project. Um, they had concerns even about, well, you're two weeks away from going, gyms have been closed, are you physically fit enough to do this? Um, which is a valid concern. Um, but I do think as though I'm physically fit enough to do it. Um, and so I had to make that decision and say, I feel as I'm physically fit enough. I know it's going to be hard for you, it's going to be hard for me as well. But I believe that it's something that's worthwhile doing. Um, and that if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's, it's obvious from what you've said already that you're pretty close to your family, um, which is lovely. And mm. actually, um, it's a big part of, and we've said this before on other podcasts and stuff, it's a big part of who we are and what we do is kind of the, you know, the family feel to what we do. Mm. Um, so, mate, basically it's brilliant. Um, obviously we can't guarantee anything in life, but um, what we can say is that we're gonna do everything we can to keep you safe and each other safe. Yeah, so we're all gonna mom, keep each other safe. So your mum, if she's listening to this, shouldn't be too stressed out. I mean, I did have a meeting with your mum and dad and we had a conversation, we talked through a the safety aspects on the boat and stuff. Um, and they were, I think, pleased mm. to learn a bit more about the setup and how it works and everything Definitely. else. I mean, from my perspective, I mean, I know yourself very well, Darren, um, from having 
kind of lived quite closely with you for the last kind of two years. Um, Aaron, I've met a couple of times. Simon, we only met once, I think, prior to me agreeing yeah. to the project. Um, but in terms of knowing you guys a little bit to a lot, um, I knew that there were three lads who all would put safety at the top of the list, sort of when it comes to embarking on an adventure and a, and a crossing like this. Um, and equally, three lads who can critically think, um, who kind of have taken on risk in the past um, and, and, and who kind of deal with risks in a very structured, constructive way. And I think that, that for me, that's very reassuring to go into, to know that we have procedures and systems in place so that when we're looking at risk and we're looking at potential issues, that there's going to be three, hopefully a fourth critical thinker where we can bounce ideas off of each other and we can have the best possible outcome for any risk or issues that there might be. Um, and that was my mindset sort of going into it in terms of risk and safety. Right, absolutely. It is important. You, you touched on the fact, just rewinding a little bit, about you obviously know me reasonably well, um, Aaron not so much, and Simon at that point hardly at all. Mm. So, Si, when did, when did you two first meet? Well, when we did the podcast. My podcast. Yeah. The really good yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, The really good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best one so far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Out of all two of them. <laughs> Someone's got to be a winner. <clears throat> yeah, so that was... That was and then... That was it. Mm. For, so that was... And then like, in the airport. No. Training. How many rounds have you had? Sea survival. Sea survival. The, de right. the day before the... Details. <laughs> 12 hours before the airport. Yes. You're supposed to be the details man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's bad, isn't it? <laughs> this room is really good, though. <laughs> um, all right, the day before the airport. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mm. So, what? the day before we flew out, just so that everyone's clear, um, on a two-year project... <laughs> you left it to the day before we got on a plane I didn't leave to do it. your sea survival. I didn't leave it to the day before. It was booked in months and months and months ago. Obviously, COVID and swimming pools weren't open. Then they mismanaged the booking. I ended up so when you started doing it in the past. They mismanaged your booking. <laughs> the Royal Bay. <laughs> <laughs> and then the first course that they could deliver. Uh, one of the first courses in the country, I think, after lockdown restrictions started to ease, was un unfortunately the day before we were due to fly out, which is actually quite useful because without me being booked onto that course, I don't think we'd have got Josh on there. So, um, as ever, forward planning and strategy is my name. <laughs> <laughs> Seven Ps. <laughs> so, yeah, you're booked on the course the day before we leave. Yeah. Because you're incompetent. Thank um, you. <laughs> to do uh, sea safety, sea yeah. survival, um, and we managed to squeeze Josh onto that course. Brilliant. Thank you, Bristol Maritime. Yeah. Yeah, Bristol Maritime were absolutely awesome. Really good course. Yeah, yeah when we phoned them up, we was like, right, we've got a guy, he's going to row an ocean, he's flying out in less than two weeks, and he needs a sea safety course. And the guy just burst out laughing. He's <laughs> <laughs> like... Best of luck then. <laughs> like, no, 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 like, like, oh wait, you're serious? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, they've been brilliant. I've done all my courses there. Darren V obviously was 
doing these courses through those guys as well. So they've, they've been awesome. So genuine thank you. If mm. ever they randomly would listen to this podcast. Yeah. So then, first time that you actually sort of meet Josh other than for the podcast to actually have a conversation and everything is at the Sea Survivor course the day before we fly out. Yeah. Now, obviously, Josh was, was there at the Sea Survivor course despite being 300 miles away from where that took place normally. Yeah. Um, waiting yeah, when he, you arrive yes, late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was there before me. Just, just tell me about you know what it was like for you two just to meet like that the day before you fly out and it was lovely actually um, because I think it's nice just to kind of meet one on one like away from everyone away from the kind of pressure of it all um, Sea Survival was a brilliant brilliant course but it's also a fairly chilled out course to do as well mm. and a little bit fun because you're messing around in swimming pools and stuff. Um, we got quite intimate in the water at one point. Um, we're going to spare the details on the podcast. Which, <laughs> no, no, it's just, it, was, it was pleasurable because we're going to spend so much time mm, close together on the, on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Can you see how nervous he looks now? <laughs> <laughs> got, quite close, got quite intimate in the water, yeah. which is quite good because we're going to spend quite a lot of time being intimate. Is that what you mean? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, you don't know it yet, Josh. <laughs> Sorry, Anna. It's mine now. <laughs> <laughs> Hold my pocket. Hold my pocket. <laughs> Special pocket. <laughs> uh, no, so it was, it was. In all seriousness, it was. It was really good. I mean, the whole running, I think, for all of us, bringing the timelines forward was all just a bit nuts. Uh, so to do that, have a little bit of time together, mm. going through all that stuff was brilliant. And then obviously rocking up to the airport. Yes, I was late again. <laughs> uh, still was on the plane, so I couldn't have been that late. Um, and here we are, and it's, it's, it's brilliant. And actually seeing him step in and be so relaxed about it, actually, is, is quite nice, because to kind of jump into any group situation, however well you know people or don't know people, but it's quite an intimidating thing to do, I think, and certainly something of this magnitude, and just to kind of take it in your stride and listen to absolute inane rubbish that comes out of not my mouth <laughs> um, it's very good so I'm, I'm, I'm chuffed mm. thank you so Welcome. what was your first impression of Josh then when you went like ignoring the podcast thing because okay. I, I think probably um, why did you turn up in your school shorts <laughs> <laughs> Um, you're going to burn? Don't be jealous because they, be they still fit me. But <laughs> <laughs> it was only last week. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't think I really had any because it wasn't kind of like, oh, you know, what's Josh like? Let me evaluate him kind of thing. It was just more... Don't give me that. Honestly, you evaluate everyone and everything <laughs> all the time, every second of every day. So don't sit here now, you've got a mic on you and give it, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't evaluating Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> so when you evaluated him. 
I thought we'd be all right. I thought nice. we'd be all right. And obviously you gave me a little bit of background in terms of um, some of the, the events and stuff that you've done, the ultra stuff, which, um, I mean, I'm, I'm the odd one out. I was anyway. I've not done an ultra marathon because I'm not an idiot. Says <laughs> <laughs> um, the man waiting to row an ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other way around? When um, obviously, when you, when you you can be honest, mate. You don't have to be yeah, honest. no, 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 no. Um, um, shorter than I thought it was going to be, probably. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> <laughs> what's your what's your views on Sire? What was your, like your first impressions? And um, so I knew a little bit about Simon just from conversations that I'd had with you. Anyway, um, knew and, that. And you'd done you'd done the sound on the podcast. Yes. That, where where it was basically Simon's introduction. It was mm. Emotional. Yeah. So. Yeah, hundred percent, and. I feel like that was beneficial for me just to get a glimpse into your life and kind of your story, what led you up to this point, mm-hmm. um, which, which, was, which, which was interesting for me to kind of have that kind of background knowledge before we kind of officially met and had that kind of one-on-one time at the Sea Survival Training course. Um, but yeah, I thought that, that it went along with the fact that I knew both of yourselves as two um, two critical thinkers who who would who would put safety and would make um, quick and analysed assessments of what we were doing, and that just extended straight into Simon once I met him, as we've got a good team who who are gonna who are gonna work well together because they're going to keep the main thing the main thing and anything that we look to do we're going to look at it from a team perspective have a conversation bounce ideas and opinions off of each other and then we're going to make a constructed and and a constructive evaluation and take the best course of action based on what we think from there um, and th- that was honestly my So you didn't think he was a dick then? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think he avoided the question. I was going to say, he's, he's he definitely didn't answer that. He said a lot of words there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you spent a day sea survival training and, and at the end of the day, <clears throat> obviously because of how fast we'd had to get you qualified, mm. you've had to do your day skippers, your yacht masters, um, like online in two weeks, yep. which was a bit Four. of a nosebleed anyway. Yeah, um, 40 hours on And then, obviously, on the Sea Survival Day, you also had to get your VHF course. Yeah. Done, signed off, etc. How'd that go? Yeah, good. Yeah? Like, I don't think there's... Just Did, didn't we book the wrong one? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I think that the... The good thing will come when I'm actually listening to a radio, when we're in the harbour, when we're kind of setting off. Once we've actually got that, like, it's, it's good to know the things that are there, but until you have to experience it, like, you don't necessarily take on as much as what you'd like. With learning to drive, you can learn how to drive, but you learn so much more about driving and the rules of the road and all that kind of thing once you've passed your test and you're out and you're independent. So, like, I'm certain that once we're actually out on the water, and there's things going on on the radio and on the DSC and all that kind of stuff that I'll pick it up a lot more and 
he yeah. can kind of. The nice thing is though, we've got Roscoe Pico and you know Smoking the Bandit on board. They can do all the radiators. Mate, you're having a dig at me about being old. <laughs> <laughs> you just referenced <laughs> Smoking the Bandit and Roscoe Pico. <laughs> Lots of bit of Jigsaw Hazard. They made a film recently, didn't they? <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. So, yeah, so basically, we got your sea safety done, mm. or rather, you got your sea safety done. You got your VHF done. You had a day with uh, Simon. Your first impressions were very long and didn't answer. Yeah. Um, Simon's a lovely guy. <laughs> <laughs> now we know he knows. I know preferred first answer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and lovely hands. And <laughs> a little bit smaller. Like. <laughs> and then um, straight after that, you obviously had a three-hour drive, four-hour drive, whatever it was, mm. back home. We reviewed to you had about six hours to pack and sort your life out and get on a plane. Yep. Awesome. And had to wake up to that shocking sight of Aaron in his fucking. Excuse my language. It is all in one. <laughs> Still scarred by that. Unit <laughs> so, so the people listening to this have literally no idea what we're talking about. Um, so Aaron, you're going to have to explain. Well, Simon very kindly, his company provided some uh, onesies for the row. That's the best way I can describe them from Qualitest. Um, well, basically, uh, I describe as rowing suits, but you know, imagine um, wrestlers from the 70s. <laughs> and there was me, and I thought I'd try it on. You know, three o'clock. Three o'clock. Three, three o'clock in the morning. Sort of squeezed it on. I thought, oh, I'm not so sure about this. It's a little bit figure hugging for my liking. Bright green. You know, I thought I'd share it with the group. You know, to say that I'm quite excited about you know, the. The, the it was the sunglasses. <laughs> and the sunglasses. <laughs> so basically we got a half-naked picture of you in the unit. Yeah, tile. pretty much. Carolina appreciated it anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. I think we've got a bit of lost here, haven't we? That's, let's put that picture back in my mind. So going back to you, Josh. Yep. The whole idea of this little podcast is obviously just to give people an update on, on what's happened. But obviously as we get to know you. So North London. North London. School in North London. Yep. Not primary, too many. Primary school in North primary London. Primary school in North primary London. Primary school in North I, London. I've got a question for you, Josh. Come on. Um, obviously, there's, there is, we joke about it, but there is a quite a big age gap between us three and yourself. Yeah. Um, how, uh, how did that make you feel coming into a team where, you know, we're, we're literally like a different generation to you? Uh, <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth, to be honest. I know, I know, you've, got, I know you've got a big brother, so you're used to slightly, you know, um, that peer pressure a little bit, but uh, you know, how did you feel about, about that? I'm trying to think of a way to fray this where you don't give me banter. <laughs> there is no way, Josh. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you say. Um, I've always found my friendship circle to be a little bit older, whether or not that's because I'm a bit more mature for my age, or whether that's because I just find people who are immature for theirs. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, most people that I seem to get on really well with have always been that that kind of little bit older. Um, so yeah, so I felt confident that I could get on well with all three of you. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really an issue, yeah. It wasn't an issue at all. OK, it bothered me. Yeah. Joking aside, mate, like... 
Did he? Yeah, because we, we've gone from Darren Baker, who, who was the oldest of the team. By a long way. Uh, yeah, by a long way. He was, what, how was he? He was like 110. So, yeah, 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 he's quite old, yeah. Mm. And he, he, you know, I looked at, uh, at Baker as, as, as a peer and someone I respected and looked up to with his experience and his ultras and stuff. And someone I know who'd been tried and tested over the years. And suddenly we'd, we'd lost that sort of calculating thinking person on board. And then we had someone who was half his age jumping in, in into his boots. And uh, I did have a bit of a panic for a minute, but not, you know, no disrespect no, to you no, at all, no, Josh, no, you know. No, 100%. Um, and I, you know, that I was, is a very valid point. I was worried about, you know, what, what experience we was losing potentially, uh, as opposed to what we might be gaining as well. So mm. yeah, it did, it, that did cross my mind. Uh, a couple of points, but you know, the last sort of week or so, spending some proper time with you, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, getting to know more about you as a person and you know what makes you tick and stuff, and you know, that's been quite important for me. Yeah, yeah. To sort of you know have confidence that you know you're going to fit in as part of the team, and you know you'll be able to contribute as much as Baker would, which mm. is really important. And do you think that? Like, so you're feeling more confident about it now? Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm happier now. You know, yeah. now I've spent a bit of time against no user person, mm. you know, and uh, yeah, you know, everybody's different, everyone contributes differently to 100%. different strengths and weaknesses. You know, Is there and, anything uh, that you're, that there's still something that you're like waiting to see or like something that you haven't? Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to do this off air, that's fine. They say like you're only as old as the person you feel, so that's why we share a room, Josh. That's why we share a room. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've, I, I've seen your fit. I've seen your fitness. So I know that's there. That's, mm. that's not a problem for me at all. Um, I, I like to hopefully once we get to Monterey and um, we can spend some time on the water. Yeah. You know, deal with some. I think. I think what I'm trying to get at is we need to put you under pressure. Yeah. And see how you act there. You know, that yeah, that'll yeah. be important to a certain degree. When we're at, you know, like you know, when we was in Exmouth and we struggled to get back to shore and it got difficult for everybody and we really had to really kick in for a, a lot of hours. You know, and that's that's the. I'm sure you'll cope absolutely fine. Mm. But yeah, I like I like to see you. You like to know. You like to know that you yeah, can yeah, yeah. deal with that pressure. It was nice, wasn't it? Yesterday yeah. we were in the gym doing stuff together and. Your PT skills came out yeah, exactly, in, yeah. in terms yeah. of coaching, kind of technique on some of the stuff that we were doing, and that yeah. was great. Yeah, it's great to have a PT on board the team. I think that's yeah. really, yeah. that's a really pro yeah, thing yeah. for us. You know, like you know, technique about what we're doing and preventing injuries, and you know, you, yeah, you know, that's that's really good. So that's, yeah, that's I mean, like that's that's kind of been my my um, my specialist area within personal training is um, injury prevention and rehabilitation um, and equally I mean I kept up my sleeve because I don't want anyone asking on board but sports massage therapist as well oh, um, get in so like... <laughs> why would you tell us man? I know I've got a really tight right ass cheek <laughs> before you ask I don't do happy uh, endings that, <laughs> as I said before so it's not a muscle okay? yeah. so, um, so yeah so that's kind of been my niche within personal training and I've, I've always wanted to be studious and to learn more and more. So my time as a personal trainer has been spent investing into, well, what is the research saying? What does anecdotal evidence say? What does the physical research say? Like all of those things and curating that evidence to then 
form an opinion and working with some amazing other personal trainers and osteopaths and those kind of things as well. I, I think like your um, your expertise in terms of um, injury in particular, but just like your knowledge around the body structures and processes and stuff um, is, is for me a really big thing because one of my big concerns is dealing with anything medical on the boat. Mm. Now obviously everyone's done a first aid course, with basic first aid's fine, me and Aaron have got a slightly enhanced sort of bit of training around some first aid. Um, but that knowledge is going to be, I think, that you know the most likely issues we're going to have, other than probably sunburn, you know, because there's always one, isn't there, that'll get sunburned. Um, Do you want to elaborate? <laughs> <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> um, I could just see uh, like a big flashing red glow. It's almost like you put <laughs> yeah. a, a light on. Can I speak? Yeah. So, so um, basically, I went out for a run yesterday. Up the beach. Slow, um, slow. Yeah, it was a slow run to be fair. Darren's acting as our on air sign. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yesterday morning we arrived in Cancun. Um, sorry, the day before yesterday we arrived in Cancun. Yesterday, being jet lagged, you get up early, and I was up at like four o'clock in the morning, as Simon predicted rather smugly. Um, so I got up, went for a run, um, did a bit of this, a bit of that and then chilled out for a few hours and then was doing my second training session. So I went out for a run again in the, basically about two o'clock in the afternoon. And in I only, Cancun. In Cancun, yeah. <laughs> and I only run like five or six k's up the beach. But by the time I got to the end of the beach, at like six k's away from where I needed to be, I was then tired, very hot and starting to burn. You now look ginger. Yeah, and so I've, I've picked a bit of sun up basically on my way back. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the story. Well, a bit of sun, if anyone old enough to remember the tango advert. <laughs> that's what it looked like when you came back into the room. Yeah, it wasn't ideal. But anyway, it's getting back to the point. It's almost good to get out of the way, though, you know? Yeah, getting back to the point, like, um, the most likely things that we're going to have are going to be muscular problems. And so you're experiencing that field and, like, having an understanding of how hard we can push whatever injury might, might arrive, you know, just because we all have a mentality where we'll just keep going mm. um, and having your knowledge to be able to say, do you know what, we're better off giving this guy a day off because that muscle will only take so much and then we'll have a major problem. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I find it really comforting, to be honest with you. Um, a day off. Sorry? <laughs> You're never having a day off. <laughs> to be honest with you, we've all been wishing you'd have a day off for a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, and that, you know, that aspect of what you bring to the team is something we didn't have before mm. that we now have. Yeah. That is, you know, for me, is quite a big bonus. I think it's a really interesting point. Um, one of my, like, biggest, biggest interests within injury prevention, management and rehabilitation has always been the process in which an injury starts um, and is acute in nature to the point on which an injury is chronic in nature and is persistent and all of a sudden has no rhyme or reason to it. And so I think something and something that um, I say with quite a lot of confidence is my ability to communicate 
pain literature and pain science to say, okay, well, this is acute at the moment and this is how we know it's acute. And these are the signs and symptoms and behaviours and emotions that lead on to this is now chronic in nature. Yeah. This, is, this is something that, that, that requires more effort and energy and time and patience to recover from. Yeah. So that side of it's, it's a massive, it's a massive issue. It's a massive bonus, and we're, we're really pleased that we've got that now. Mm. Um, I just started to throw you back to telling your story and how I jumped in. So before I go, I can't be sorry. That was a good question. That was a great question. Mm. It was a bit of a shock. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> refuses to be on podcasts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't believe he spoke. <laughs> I didn't know Momentarily. he spoke. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely know, I didn't know he spoke. He'll go suck a lemon. <laughs> um, so yeah, before I throw it back to you, like, have you got any more questions, mate? No. Hmm. Not, no. not one sure. out. Something might pop up. Um, it does. I'll, if I'll it does, you. if you could raise your hand oh, next time. Yes, so like the idea is obviously for people to get to know you a bit. Yeah. So you grew up in North London. Grew up in North London. You survived the knife fights and <laughs> gang violence. By running, mainly. By running. <laughs> <laughs> you don't yourself in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, mum, dad, older brother, two years older than you. Older brother, Sam, yeah. Sam. Um, shout out to Sam. Shout big, out to Sam. <laughs> big shout out to Sam. Um, School in North London. Yep. When you left school, where'd you go after that? Um, so I went and worked for a telecommunications company called Olive Communications. Um, they specialised in like business to business, um, mobile and like voice over IP, um, hosted solutions for kind of working around remote working, something that a lot of people are very comfortable with now. He's doing um, it again, aren't he? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just giving, I'm just giving background information, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking, there must be an official... Are you, are you, are you yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I think Olive have now got to sponsor us. They've had like the biggest plug, full stop. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, so I worked for them as an account manager, um, just handling... How long? Uh, three, like three years, just over three years I worked for them. Um, and, and initially started within kind of like smaller accounts, like sole traders and um, some like um, small to medium enterprise companies, um, and then did quite well within that space and moved up to more kind of um, business accounts that had more mobile connections, looking and scoping for more opportunity that, that we could provide more products and services to them as well. So you get promoted up through the company. What makes you leave Olive? So. <laughs> They didn't like sponsoring uh, charities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyone from Olive, if you want to contact me, if anyone from Olive can contact you, if they can get you to answer a phone, I want to speak to them. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I gave my email. <laughs> um, so, I started doing my personal training qualification whilst I was at Olive, um, initially just to learn more about what I was doing in the gym. Yeah. Wanted to have more of an understanding of exercises and programs and that kind of thing. Um, but as I was doing the qualification, I realised that it's something that I like, 
um, something that, that I had, had a bit of a knack for, working with people, communicating with people, that kind of thing, etc. etc. Um, I didn't leave Olive straight away after getting that qualification. I, I was promoted, as I said, um, but the manager that I was working for then, we had a bit of just a personality clash. And I think I can say that now, being that bit older than what I was, that it was just a bit of a personality clash between me and him. Um, we didn't really see eye to eye on a lot of things. Um, and that kind of drove me to have my noticing and go and pursue um, my first personal training job. Cool, and where was that? That was at David Lloyd in Hatfield. David Lloyd in Hatfield, how yeah, long were you yeah. there? I was there for, I think, just shy of about four years. So yeah, just shy of four you've years. gone out on your own after that? Yeah, in the last year, gone out on my own. Um, so yeah, so I worked for David Lloyd um, and kind of worked my way up to be one of their leading personal trainers in the club and um, was promoted there as well in terms of running the gym within David Lloyd as well. So looking after the other personal trainers in charge of recruiting new personal trainers and managing how many sessions they were delivering and all of that kind of stuff. And yes, yeah, so all of that kind of stuff. But realised that that side wasn't necessarily for me. I still enjoyed having um, a hands-on approach and being involved with clients and their goals. So I decided to step away from there and look to pursue my own self-employed venture in personal training. Awesome, how's that going? Um, it's Is been it? challenging over the past year. So basically you, you set up a PT business at the beginning of like literally COVID hit almost immediately. So if I'd have handed in my notice to David Lloyd, like one week later, I would have been in a position to have retracted my notice and I could because have been, of COVID. yeah, and I still could have been employed throughout this whole time. Um, Here's the thing about that though, right? If, if, that, had been, if that had taken place mm. and you'd handed that notice in a week later and retracted it and been furloughed by David Lloyd and sat at home, when I came to you and said, do you want to row an ocean? You got two weeks notice. Yep. You would not no. have been in a position to be able to be here, would you? 100% not. So like, it's, it's kind of like the sliding doors moment of no, life. massively. That at the time, because I remember having a conversation with you and you were like, sat there with your head in your hands like, oh, coronavirus has literally just killed me. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's killed my business. Um, but it's funny how things turn out, but definitely. if that hadn't taken place, you wouldn't be sat here with us now, would mm. you? And I definitely think it's amazing to think, I mean, like, like there's, so all this time has passed when I've just kind of been juggling to keep myself above water yeah. through kind of coronavirus and through COVID. Had a lot of time that I could have spent training had I been on the project from the beginning. And then like, what, a week after the gyms have opened from a second lockdown, Goodbye. I'm going to yeah. go around an ocean. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm so kind the, of... the gyms are open now. Yeah, yeah. So I'm the and you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm the self-proclaimed king of bad timing, I think, to be honest. You, potentially, <laughs> that, is, that is quite epic, isn't it? But Starts equally, a PT business the day the gyms close, and then the day they open, buggers off to row an ocean. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's definitely both. King of bad timing, like you, Josh. This, this actually kind of resonates from last night. <laughs> With a king of bad timing. <laughs> Tell. No, I think that one will uh, remain untold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Mum. <laughs> I don't know who's Mum I'm talking about, then. 
Steady. 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 Yeah. So it's a family show, guys. Um, um, so, yeah, so, I mean, but equally, um, I'm absolutely chuffed that I, that I have been in a position to say, well, like, I'm self-employed. Like, having been close to the project and seen it from the early stages all the way through to you pulling your hair out, going, we need someone to get in that boat, um, there was a big level of, of emotion and emotional investment from me seeing that in the team and meeting you all individually through podcast episodes, like helping Aaron move house and all that kind of stuff. Like I had that emotional investment and seeing that was a big driver for me to say, well, it's something that I know I want to do because I regret saying no the first time. But equally, I know that this is something that everyone could do with. Like, like it's a win-win, I think, for you having someone who can say, I'm willing to put my life on hold for the next three to four months and for me to say this is something that I know I want to do and I'm fully committed and fully invested whatever you need me to do to make this project work let me know and I'll do as much of it as I can yeah mate it's um, thank you thank, thank you for stepping in man because we were in trouble basically mm, big time. Um, it, it was a big big issue um, and there's every possibility that if you hadn't stepped up, that it would have fallen. Mm. So, um, sincerely, man, thanks. And you've been awesome since since you got involved. You've worked in apps. I was gonna, you've worked so hard over the last couple of weeks in order to get all the courses done and you know, like traveling backwards and forwards to the, the wrong end of the country to do your sea survival, like getting back six hours before you then got to get on a plane and all that kind of stuff. So, um, mate, we're grateful and. You know, as much as it's a loss for us to lose Darren, um, and we love Darren, mm. but it's great to have you here. So, thanks very much. No, I um, mean, thank you for welcoming me into the team. I mean, it's been, um, yeah, it's been a wild couple of weeks getting to this point, but I think that we can kind of, having spent a couple of days traveling here and getting here, that it's been so beneficial just to have that time together, kind of outside of rowing as well, just yeah. to all kind of get to know each other, relax without the distractions of, of home comforts, um, and just kind of get to know each other a bit better. Yeah, definitely, man. Essentially, from my point of view, that was really what I wanted to get across was where we are and mm -hmm sort of a general introduction to Josh and how we lost down. Is there anything you guys want to talk about? Or any uh, questions I'd you want to ask Josh? No, other than I think it's his round, isn't it? It's <laughs> definitely Josh's round. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> that came round quick. <laughs> so, I Is think that the time? Is this, is this <laughs> a... Probably Come a good on, point you know to... you love it. Yeah. Every time you said you wanted to go to the bar every time you wanted a drink. So, <laughs> so at that point, I think we'll probably call it a night. And um, thanks again, man. We're um, looking forward to uh, crashing across an ocean with you. Yeah, yeah. Getting on the water is the next step. Awesome. Amazing. Thank you very much. See you on the next one. So there you have it. As you would have heard, it's been quite the roller coaster ride for the last couple of weeks for the team. But I know that for all of us, having this time together has been invaluable to getting work done and to getting to know each other better as well. 
Tomorrow, we'll be talking to Aaron Warby in an attempt to get to know him. So please do come back and make sure you're listening to the latest episode of the podcast. Equally, if you're enjoying this series and would like to help the team out, then please share this episode around with your friends and family. If you like, you can even post a screenshot of this episode to your social media page and tag us in it, and we'll be sure to give you a special shout out and a thank you. Now, this attempt is taking place as a charity fundraiser, and if you'd like to read and find out more about the charities we hope to support, then you can visit the team website at www.endurancelimits.net. That's everything from me. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we look forward to welcoming you on the next one. Take care. Peace.